Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars Sessions podcast. Palpatine loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars Sessions. This is the way, this is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. I am your host, Luke Bly, aka Luke Bly Walker, aka Asif Lowered. Um, May Boy isn't here this week. He's not here this week, he's a bit poorly. So we have smashed together some alternative guests. Of course, we all send our galactic love to Matty Boy. I hope he gets well soon, uh, Matty Boy. You spicy sickhead. We all love you. Um, but this week, the topic and the plan was just so, so good. good that we had to get some new backup guests in to cover it. Um, joining us this week... Oh my days, we have got a mad lineup, lads. Um, it is Callum, the cowbag steed, aka Ben Swallow himself. Cowbag. <laughs> um, Callum, how on earth are you, mate? You all right? Oh, good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Um, oh, good. Obviously, Callum, you've been on a Star Wars Sessions roundtable. You've been on the Patreon, I think, a few times. And yeah, like once or twice, yeah. And I was like, Callum, now is the time. <laughs> the time to shine. <laughs> now is yeah. the time. Thanks for setting aside the time to come on, mate. Um, yeah, that's all right. Obviously, we're going to have fun today. Uh, we obviously go way back, but we've got a lot closer in recent years. And mm-hmm. you're also, you're, 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 you're kind of a Star Wars fan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely the films I'm a fan of. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. And also in the other gold corner, I say gold because, you know, every podcast has its show notes and I've given this person gold writing because they're fabulous. It's Glover. Gonna smother your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. Uh, welcome to the show, Glove Munch. Um, a lot. Well, your name is actually Josh. We, we, again, Glover's been on the Patreon shows. He's a very close friend of mine. But the, we all usually game together. This is where I come clean. We we play a lot of video games together as a group, like my brother as well. So this is kind of like the Teriyaki Squad. Does anyone yeah, want to? Teriyaki yeah. Boys. Yeah, that's it. We have a group chat called Teriyaki Boys, and it's our gaming squad. And. That's it. That is as interesting as that story gets. I don't. Even, I think it's something to do with the fact that Glover worked at a sushi place for a, like a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, How I think that's where the teriyaki it? started, wasn't it? Well, How long was that? It? The crazy thing is, also teriyaki boys is the um, are, are the artists to Tokyo Drift. Yeah, that exactly. You seem to absolutely love as well. <laughs> Wonder if you know how to live in Tokyo. Yeah, absolute banger. Yeah. That's slash. Fast and Furious. It, it, that was the best honest, Fast and Furious film, actually. Do you know what? I it's one of my favourites as well. I adore that film. Can't I'm lie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I've only ever seen uh, Fast and Furious Seven. Right. 
Um, I've only, I've seen bits of the other ones. Uh, yeah, my sister mainly watched them. Yeah, only Fast and Furious Seven for me. Well, guys, if you can't tell, this is going to get out of hand tonight. <laughs> this is going to get out of hand already. Matty Boy is going to be listening about like, what have I done? <laughs> you know. It's what the Fast and Furious podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Guys, this is usually the time we're talking about curry or something like expla- exchanging pleasantries. Are we all good? Are we all ready to crack on and talk some Star Wars? Because this week it, it, it gets kind of crazy. I don't know if mm. we can contain the craziness. Um, are, are we good? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, let's right. do it. Let's well, go. That, well, that must mean, I suppose... It's time for one thing and one thing only, and that is, guys, the Galactic News Round. Let's hit it. Star Wars The High Republic announces that two new books will receive exclusive editions uh, for The Fallen Star and Midnight Horizon, coming out on 4th of January and 1st of February 2022, respectively. Speaking to SFX magazine about the book of Boba Fett, Tamara Morrison has said about the show's plot, there will definitely be a number of answers. Some long-winded answers, some short and sharp answers, some colourful answers. We're filling a lot of gaps. It's been confirmed that the book of Boba Fett will be seven episodes long. The latest Disney, Disneyland Star Wars Galactic Cruiser Hotel promotional video received such negative reaction that the video has now been deleted from YouTube. In another turn of events, Patty Jenkins exits the Cleopatra movie to focus on Rogue Squadron and Wonder Woman 3. Hi, this is Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. A movie is a kinetic art. It has to do with movement more than anything else. That's absolutely right. And a big turnout here from all corners of the Outer Rim Territories. Now this is pod racing. Pod racing. Um... Yeah, can't even lie, lads. Um, this episode has been on our to-do list for a while. Um, the Phantom Menace 1999. One of the main scenes from this anticipated, globally anticipated Star Wars film was, of course, this thing called Pop Racing, which, by the way, at the time, no one had even heard of. Um, but to this day, that scene is still spoken about. It's still super important in Star Wars and really in kind of, again, I hate to box Star Wars in, in sci-fi really because it's science fantasy, but in sci-fi in general, this scene is huge. So we're going to deep dive into this as much as possible. Um, we're going to chat about it. There's a great 
um, featurette from this from 1999 that was uploaded 2000 uploaded onto starwars.com that we're going to dive into um mate there's just a whole lot of filth and a whole lot of love we're going to hear from georgie boy uh boys cowbag glover pod racing callum what are we thinking mate well man pod racing uh <laughs> sound sound design alone mental <laughs> yeah absolutely mental yeah, yeah this, the sound design has got to be like one of it's got to be some of the best bits in star wars surely like even if you don't mm. love the pod racing scene the sound design is just it's on a different level i think who who doesn't love the pod racing scene there's a couple is that a thing that's <laughs> hey, actually a hey, thing hey glover that's why we that's why we have the gate the um the bantina we'll find that i mean ah. i mean most people like this scene i think especially with like age you know when you think of how in 1999 and you know the early 2000s the phantom menace was received it wasn't always received well by many people and a lot of people were like pod racing just seems a bit random but i think now with hindsight with time we've kind of for, for given it yeah the time to mature i think a lot of people adore this scene now and i think a lot of people look at it as like core star wars just like oh mate that's so star warsy pod racing glover obviously you know you were around then i I am the same age as jake lloyd (laughs) are you really yeah yeah so yeah i um yeah i was the same age as little annie when he was racing in pods uh, uh, well okay so phantom menace and pod racing for you like let's let's talk about your perspective from kind of like a 90s early noise um kind of point of view what what's your thoughts on this scene uh straight away i loved it mate i absolutely loved it i used to um when i was that age i used to quite like formula one anyway I think when you're a kid, you just end up watching whatever sports your parents watch. And that was something that was on a lot. So straight away, I was um, very invested in the pod racing scene. Really enjoyed it. Uh, again, going back to the sound design, the, the sound when when them, when them pod racers all start up at the beginning of the race. And I listened to it again today like in preparation for this. And it doesn't get in. It, it just gets better. You know, it's uh, the bass in them pod racers as they're starting up. Um, the scene itself, oh, yeah, oh, fantastic. Oh, oh. <laughs> I believed it. I believed it. As a kid, I believed it. I was fully immersed into that moment, which was amazing. Callum, now, I said before we were recording today, I was like, mate, watch some videos, watch the scene. Mm. Did did you do that, my friend? Yeah, of course I did. Okay, good man. Yeah, of course I did. I I was like, I don't know... if all out of all my friends, I, I kind of knew you would, but also I'd be like, if Callum just like rocked up and was like, "Yeah, like I know this scene back to front, mate. I'm just gonna turn up and have some fun." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I watched I watched the documentary a couple of times actually while I was working. The sound design is well, on another. It. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's the stuff like, like yeah, the, yeah, the stuff. Uh, yeah, that is a really poor. And, I, and, I, and the and the thing the thing I love about. Um, there's a lot of things that happen in films and stuff like that um, where there's quite an important bit where it's just purely sort of like almost ambient sound rather than sound like music background sounds. And right. a lot of that race doesn't have tons and tons of John Williams playing in the background. 
a lot of it is just the purely the sounds of the um yes. pod races and things like that it almost yeah, elevates it a lot more because it just it because it almost gives you a bigger appreciation on just like the sheer level of sound design that went into the pod races do you know what? Like Do you know what? You're you're spot on, mate, and it's it is noticeable. Like, and also there's not tons of dialogue. We obviously mm. have the commentators at the start and everything, but like other other than those guys, and really a few a few bits of dialogue here. You you've got a big chunk of this film where no one's really speaking, but and yet it remains engaging. I think for the mm. most part, you know. Again, I, I I think some people would argue that. I also think. The acting in this is really good, I, uh, yeah. and that's yeah. and Phantom Menace and the prequels, but but particularly, <laughs> Fan- yeah, Phantom Menace <laughs> and, and Attack of the Clones. I think that that's where the acting is a bit ropey. That's where it falls flat for so mm. many, and I don't think that's an unreasonable thing to say, you know. But these films have their own strengths, but I think the acting in the pod racing scene is really good. It's yeah. really really good. It's, it Go works on. as well because the pod racing scene is is got its own story within the bigger story anyway, and it you've got a character who's got a goal. There's other th- points of conflict, like the Tuscan Raiders shooting off at them, which they'll regret shooting at Anakin later on, as we all know. Oh, um, yeah, the <laughs> foreshadowing there. Yeah. <laughs> you see, you've got an actual story within the story, plus you know what's at stake. Although Anakin mm. doesn't even know what's at stake if he wins the race, he just uh, yeah. No. No, he, he's just doing it because he's a good kid, right? And that's, again, this is the point, is that, and I love that you've brought this up, Glover, is that there is this huge story in the background Anakin's not even aware of. He He's just doing this to help a guy. You know, he's, well, he's mm. going to do it anyway, but, you know, he, he he's still happy to go ahead for, with this, right, to help his friends, which is amazing. Some other notes that I picked up from just doing a little bit of research is, you know, so we've got obviously Anakin and Sebulba kind of being pit against each other. And Anakin's pod racer sound design is mixed from a Porsche engine. But Sebulba's sound design, like his engine, was mixed using sounds from a Ferrari. So fun little facts there. Um, just wanted to throw that in there. But yeah, back to story, I suppose. <laughs> because <laughs> there's a lot riding on this, but it's not in a film that can feel really cheesy at times. I don't think this is che- I mean, it does have moments of cheese maybe before. Some of the characters are a little bit cheese. But yeah, again, like the, the, the race that it looks like he's been picked out of a bug's life and put into a pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that, <laughs> is that the, the caterpillar guy? butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bugs Live. Oh my days! Yeah, quite so did George Lucas, it seems. <laughs> yeah. well, well, also, there was something I picked up. There was something I picked up, like a little bit of world building going on in the background. You know where Jabba uh, turns up, and yeah. he's like they're announcing the pod race is going to start. If you look in the background, I think his wife's in the background. Oh or, yeah, like, whatever yeah. other. Yeah, like he's got other a sort of creature that's of his species, you know. Oh no, there's a he babe has a family, there. doesn't he? Oh yeah, no, he has he has a he has a babe there, mate. Full on yeah, concubine, full on babe there, doesn't he? Concubine, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. <laughs> it's it's full on, mate. Like Jabba's not messing about, and obviously ah. we get a, a little uh, a, a super skinny Bib Fortuna, um, and we all know how that goes down eventually. Mm. We see um, Warwick it, Davis. We see Warwick Davis, um, who the same character turns up in Solo 
later on a few years down the line. So he ends up in kind of the early days of the Rebel Alliance, fun little fact. Um, yeah, so that's pretty tasty. I don't know, maybe. Uh, yeah, do you, Glover, do you find this nostalgic at all? I do, and there's, there's another reason for that as well, because um, I, I think it was a year after the, after the film, the Podracer arcade game came out. Um, and so all of the arcades local to me had uh, like a f- say a full-size pod racer, not quite a full-size, but the same way you'd go in and sit in the cars and race, they had pods and they had Anakin's pod and you could go in and play the pod racer arcade and I sunk hours into those things when I was a kid, absolute hours. And, and it was the last Star Wars game, I think, that was made by um, Sega, which is a little fun oh, really? fact. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Trust you to bring out that game, in fact. Well, you better, uh, well, yeah. Oh. Did anyone else play Lego Star Wars? Uh, well, uh, do you know what? Admittedly, I was kind of behind. Uh, I was, no, not behind. That wasn't really my generation. I just missed that. But I know oh, you're a couple, man. you are a smidge younger than me. And that was mm. like prime gaming for you one so of the hardest on, right? one of the hardest levels on lego star wars was pod racing because some of the turns you had to do and some of the, the the sort of reaction time you had to have to have to do some of the things in that game it was almost you had to be like jedi level reaction time like anakin skywalker really but, well it, yeah, do you know you what's know. in what's interesting is that's that's a really good segue to a real huge point uh, in this, in this kind of scene, is that Anakin's the only human who can do this, right? Mm. And I think I kind of think that's forgotten a lot in you know Star Wars discussion. Is that hang on? There's this kid who can pod race because everyone else is an alien, and everyone yeah. else comes from different parts of the galaxy. And you know, we'll get to that in a moment. And they're all adults where, as well. Yeah, yeah there's that yeah, on top point. of that. And then Anakin also built his own pod racer. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone else did. Some did, but not everyone else did. And again, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Just like lastly, is there anything that kind of didn't work for you guys in the pod racing scene? Yeah, so the only bit I would say about the pod racing bit that I didn't like is that um, in, in that documentary, I think... Um, George Lucas was talking about how he wanted to, he sort of cut from a big sort of CGI cinematic to kind of like a rough cut where it's a lot more of a close up to like Anakin and the pod racing. And it kind of, he, he almost, he said he almost did that like roughly to kind of make you think, oh, wonder what's real and what's not, kind of what's real sort of thing. And I feel like that kind of took me out of it a little bit because otherwise the scene itself, the whole pod racing thing has aged actually very well in comparison to the rest of the film because mm. there's some ropey bits in that film. Mm. Um, but I'd say that's probably the nicest looking parts of the film and where it cuts in and out of where it, you're, you've got like sort of a face on shot of Anakin. It all, that almost ages it a little bit for me. Oh, really? And yeah. I don't know. I, I so think some I, of the effects, not all of them. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say the big majority of them were good and they've aged really well surprisingly compared to the rest of the effects in the film but it's the it, it's the bits where it cuts to like close-ups of like sort of front on looking at anakin 
and it's almost like very obvious. Oh, that's a, that's really obviously a green screen. Do you know sort what? Of thing. It kind of throws me out a little bit, but that's an interesting take. That's not ever something I've actually taken away from that. So again, it's 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 uh it's cool that you you know you're bringing it's a hot that. take. Yeah, it's a hot take, you naughty boy. <laughs> you filth bag, filth bag. Uh, other mate. than that, other than that, love it. All right, Glover. Any, anything that didn't work, mate? Or are you good? No, I'm good, man. I'm I'm quite happy with the scene overall. I, I think it stands up well, even now. I know that George has an interest in racing from when he was uh, a little younger. Uh, that has come over into this picture that we have this tremendous race scene. The evolution of the pod race was uh, a major event for us because we all sat down, all the artists, our production designer George, and we started to outline the basic um, uh, scale of the the whole pod race. Decisions, decisions, decisions. I wanted the designs for the pods to look like they came from all over the galaxy. So I wanted them to be individual unto themselves, but the nature of the race to stay the same, meaning large engines attached to a small pod. You take that and make that a given, then you can sort of individualize each pod in a very distinct way, depending on how big the alien is that drives it, how rich they are, whether it's uh, corporate sponsored or homemade. See, for me, this is something that, again, it's taken for granted a little bit, is that the diversity with the pods themselves and the aliens, and we kind of get the flag display at the beginning of the race anyway, it's showing us that, yeah, these are people, they're not just from Tatooine, like they're not just poor people, this is rich people, this is people being, like race has been sponsored by companies. This is like so much in this one place. And once again, our Lilani is like competing with these pros. And the design that has to go into all of this stuff is mental. It's absolutely mental. Uh, I loved this part. And I think just watching this feature again, and then going back and watching this, this, this pod racing scene, I really appreciate that. Cause even some of the pods, they just look rubbish. And then other other pods, they're like, wow, they look expensive. But this is all made up. This is all made up stuff. Like none of this is real life. And the fact that I can feel like that, I think is, it, it's absurd almost, isn't it? World building, man. That's just yeah, world building. It's testament to good world building. That's mm. for yeah. sure. And again, it's all, it's all design. I mean, do you guys have, is there any designs of the pods specifically or aliens that stand out to you that because for me i think it's mostly good i have a few favorites they i I swear they added in this stupid reindeer alien looking design um i I swear that wasn't in the original and he like sits there he's got he's got antlers and that and he like plays with his whiskers or something that is stupid i hate that alien It, it looks rubbish Apart from that, I'm quite happy with a lot of them, even if they're a bit cheesy, a bit over the top. But we we did mention earlier, didn't we? The uh, the Bugs Life guy. Uh, <laughs> yes, is it Gus? Was it Gus? What's his name in Bugs Life? Uh, uh, I think it was Gus. I think. So, uh, Gus. I've got him up. I've got him yeah, up as a pod yeah. racer, and his name's Ben Quadinaro. I was going to say. Wars, so I was going to say. It's very ben. similar. Hang on, hang on, cat. Caterpillar, um, from but I do quite like it. Right? It's a good character because he makes me think of Bugs Life, so I get double nostalgia. It's two yeah, for the price it, of one, it. isn't it? I was always more of an um, ant. In sure. terms of the, <laughs> do you remember Ant? Yeah. No, it's Heim. No, it's he- Heimlich. That's what his name is. Heimlich. Oh yeah, he's German. Heimlich. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> 
well, well, yeah, close enough. In um, going back to the design, though, I love I love the way they they design um, the different designs of the pods. So they they had to follow the same basic uh, principle of design, but in the amount of differences you can get within that for for the uh, different designs of the pods and with George Lucas saying there about they they could be home homemade they could be corporate hmm. it, it opens so much possibility for designers that would be an inspiring assignment to get if you was working on a design team yeah absolutely and you imagine like Doug Chang just came in hard on these he was obviously one of the leading artists for Phantom Menace in the 90s and this guy like George was like yeah you're you know you're going to have these big engines and, and the small cockpit you know but like it just made once you see it i don't think i've seen anything quite like it cuz it it you i think of kind of chariot races right and mm. i think that's probably a huge inspiration yeah, but like again ben Hur. yeah it's not just it's not just yeah ben Hur, that's a great show it's not just like oh yeah race cars because that would be easy, I think, um, especially because our boy, Papa Papa George Lucas, he loves racing. He loves motor racing. Like even the other day, George was pictured with Lewis Hamilton. I don't know if you guys saw that. Like he went to one of the F1 races and our boy was like, went up and hugged Lewis Hamilton, who, by the way, is like pretty much the most decorated F1 driver of all time now. Congrats to our boy. Um, <laughs> but... I don't know. It's it's. Well, this is it. He did. George Lucas did what George Lucas does best. He took something and he made it Star Wars. Right. Mm. right. That's mm. how to use inspiration properly. He didn't just go. Oh yeah, we're, you know we're going to have cars and speeders and like. No, he was like, no, let's mix it up. Let's do these think these engines being pulled along. And you're kind of in this little cockpit and you're being dragged along by these air. Like, it's actually a bit mental and it's not really practical at all. In, in a world where, in a, in a galaxy, where, like, there are starships, it, it doesn't actually make much sense. It's not practical. But that's the point. A lot of sport isn't, is it? No. If that, mm. Do you know what mm. I mean? So Yeah. I like, and I liked that there was a lot of uh, thought behind the physics in how the pod oh. race has moved and it's all made up, but it all works in its own explanation. Well, they like talk. Just, yeah, no, you're right. Cause they you know? talk about that and they say, yeah. Oh yeah, there's this bit where Anakin goes up a ramp and mm-hmm. obviously these things can't fly. So he has to like, he has to finesse his landing. He has to kind of like get down. He has to like open the air vent. Like they thought about yes, it. Like, lean yeah. back, open the air vent. Like, yeah yeah and yeah, it's like, like pod physics mm. the thought that went into it is it's so impressive it is so impressive but it's easy to say these things right it's always easy to say you know let's do this let's do that and it's gr- and it's gr- all well it's all well and good having a genius like doug chang create the art work behind this but guys this is the 1990s right this is the 1990s before this i don't think there was ever a scene like this that cg well a mix of cg practical and all these effects and really when we think about it there's probably not been much since like this and the guys at ilm and lucasfilm they they go into this a little bit 
George and Rick have really reinvented filmmaking. The traditional linear process of pre-production, production, and post-production might not have been, certainly for a film like this, the most efficient process. My initial job was to use low-end computer animation to create shots of the pod race and to pre-visualize that nine-minute sequence. You couldn't shoot a sequence like that without videomatics. You wouldn't know whether you were in a canyon, whether you were in arches. Uh, you wouldn't know what the lighting would be. You don't know whether it was turning right or turning left. Speed was the important thing to George. It was a kinetic movement of vast, enormous objects going at a relentless speed. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Like these... These things, the, these ideas of, right, well, we need to make these videomatics. That's what they called them, right? Videomatics. So, like, basically really super low-budget CGI scenes, and they made the whole scene through that. It just makes sense. But what I thought was interesting is they were like, yeah, because of that, we 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 basically changed how we make fil- we do f- traditional filmmaking. Like we've had we've done everything back to front a little bit, and now we kind of look at that and go, yeah, that's that's a given. That might that might that makes a lot of sense. But at the time, they had to mm. invent a process for this scene. That's how much TLC tender loving care is going into this, and it's and it shows. I think. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. I think, yeah, because uh, he was saying when he shot it more in a fashion of a documentary um, and not staging it, not staging the action for the camera, but doing it the other way around and right. uh, treating it like with the uh, the Bob Ross mantra of no mistakes, just happy little accidents. Mm. And so you get natural reactions, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, again, it's another genius decision on, on Lucas's part. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Now we're not going to play this, but the team also talk about how the te- how they decided to use a huge mix of models as references, but it, it had to still be CGI because they settled on the pod races going like they they were like six hundred miles an hour, something like that, right? And to do that, you couldn't. Although they used a lot of models in Phantom Menace, and actually Phantom Menace uses a lot more practical effects than people think. For this specifically, going 600 miles an hour, having that motion, it, it, you can't do it with practical effects at, at the time, during the 1990s. You could probably have a better go at it now, but again, that's speaking from a place of ignorance. Um, but some of the ILM team would, would work on these small scenes for weeks. And something that I looked into was that like rock placements are really good in the pod racing scene. So, you know, like there's the point of view where Anakin is like going through all the like craters and stuff. And like, there's like the Canyon, that kind of bit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All, all of the rocks and all of the mountains and stuff. They're like, they're, they're scans of real rocks and canyons and whatnot. And they've been taken, their photos that have been taken from all different perspectives. And so, so that can, they can be lit. Well, so, and and again, uh, this is all. This is guys. This is all in the mid nineties, mid to late nineties. 
Like this is at the same time there is some ropey CGI coming out. Like this is a game changer. And so people are spending loads of time taking photos of rocks, scanning them and recreating them in software. Like, and I just think that's that's crazy because that's what we do now. Like, and you think of what they do with Mandalorian and whatnot. It's not too dissimilar. But this is where this all comes from. Well, it's had to start from somewhere, isn't it? Someone's had the had the idea to start with, and obviously, it's it's these guys who who came up with the ideas. And this well, this is pretty mental, isn't it? This is why Star Wars has pioneered so much in in movies in general, mm. in movie making in general, filming, directing. Mm. Well, even when we had our boy Ahmed Best on the show, he was saying like the software and the programming that was used for Jar Jar Binks. It's still being used today. Like that, 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 that code is still being used today. When characters like Thanos, if it was you, integral yeah. for Gollum. Yeah, in, if you didn't have Jar Jar Binks, you didn't have Gollum. <laughs> which is mad, and I didn't no, even that's know bad that. To think yeah. of, C- Caesar <laughs> in Planet of the Apes as well. Yeah, we wouldn't get to see Andy Circus in his right. best form. <laughs> I was going to say, what would Andy Circus <laughs> yeah. do for work? Well, he's, he's <laughs> just done an job. audio book of the Lord of the Rings, so he probably would have just done that. Do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, yeah well, no, I suppose he wouldn't have been chosen to do that. He wouldn't would have been I chosen. Mean, he's mate. in. He's no. in Black Panther as well as himself. Yeah, that's true. So maybe he would have got is, that. He's pick. in King Kong. He's in King Kong not only as King Kong, but also as a a chef that gets eaten by a weird worm thing. What the which one? The Peter that? Jackson. <laughs> the Peter you know Jackson what? one. Do you know what? I, I, you never I've never seen ne- the You are about to tell me you've never seen the Peter I've, Jackson King I, Kong. I listen. I've never seen the Peter Jack- Jackson King Kong, and I fi- and it's always a film I've wanted to see. Movie night, right? Movie night, movie night. Actually, who did who did um, Lord of the Rings? Was that Peter Jackson? As yeah, well? it was. Yeah, Peter Jackson. Yeah. Oh well, you know, well, Jackson has I've seen some boys from Day. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a few of Peter Jackson's films, just not the most important ones like Lord of the Rings. Passionately. <laughs> yeah. Is that from Forty Towers? No, mate, it's from Spain. <laughs> <laughs> that is a true story, by the way. We were gaming one time and uh yeah, we like we we you know, Glover basically lived in Spain for a few years, right? And so we would do Glover will come out with these Spanish words every now and then, not as yeah, like, not because yeah, you're yeah. just like so fluent, like as a kind of a joke, but just because you you understand and speak quite a lot of Spanish, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, think, I should have said, yeah. si, senor. Yeah, yeah. I, you see, I knew it was Spanish, but I thought he was just imitating. And so we're, uh, we're playing the guy from 40 Towers, but we're playing. <laughs> we're playing we're playing video games as well. well but you're kind of not wrong because that's how i know it like in the way uh, i thought the it. way he the delivery yeah. he did it in i assumed yeah. he was he was imitating manuel. he was like yeah he was talking about manuel from uh 40 towers if you and i was seen... like oh cool you've seen 40 towers and he's like no that's spanish and i'm like Okay. He was like, no, it's from. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Is that from 40 Towers? No, mate, that's from Spain. <laughs> <laughs> if you have not seen 40 Towers, it's like from the 1970s. It's like a BBC comedy show. And it's Great. it's just one of those things a lot of Brit, like Brits from probably our era and before have just been brought up with, I suppose. Mm, I, I, suppose it's pro- I suppose there's probably like going to be a gap of kids that aren't, like don't watch that. 
Well, mm, and that's not many depressing. kids watch terrestrial TV nowadays, do they? I mean, I don't no, either, yeah. for the most I mean, part. I rarely put it on. No, me too. Um, like yeah. kids who don't know what uh, Holy Grail and Life of Brian is, like Monty Python. Yeah, that's the thing. I remember, you know what? I always find that when I go abroad, that is just such a big deal. Like Monty yeah, Python. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I remember going to this restaurant in Poland. People going, this chef like got really friendly with it. I went with this group. And he was like referencing Monty Python all the time. And he was like, this guy thought we were like the most funny group ever. Um, fun times. Fun times. Oh, dear. Anyway, back to Star Wars. Back to Star Wars. Back to Star Wars. <laughs> George wanted the pod crashes to have much more of the the uh, energy of a Formula One car crash, where it's not a lot of flame. That's not really what it's about. It's about inertia. These things uh, hit and they just sort of keep going and going, and parts shred off of them and they tumble and pieces go everywhere. Oh, mate! Again, that's such mm. a small little detail because it would be so easy. To just have these things blowing up, huge yeah. explosions. Yeah. Which is yeah. what Star Wars is. And also, which is Star Wars is kind of known for, by the way, with the Death Star and whatnot. And you could tell, oh, yeah, of course. you know, George was maybe, and the whole guys at Lucasfilm were maybe like, look, it, let, we need to do, we need to maybe move away from that. Cause we got an explosion later with the Trade Federation ship because, you know, it all. Yeah, they scratch that itch later, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Cause <laughs> it's all poetic. It rhymes, you know, there's always got to be an explosion. But the, with this, it's like, yes, yes, I'm here for it. I'm yeah. here for it. And again, it's taking that like real life thing and applying it to CGI. You know, not just going crazy with CGI. And so many filmmakers and films and IPs don't do that today. They don't they, they don't stay grounded. They don't stay grounded. They mm. go mental with CGI. A lot of a lot of filmmakers today could learn that there is other methods than just hitting the explosion button. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. It adds to the chaos, I feel, with all the sort of as they said, like how the F one sort of style of uh breakdowns and stuff like sort of crashes and things like that it really adds to sort of like a weight and danger almost because i suppose with explosions they're kind of like whoa but at the same time you can't it's not as you're not feeling worried for characters whereas you're seeing that go down you think oh man you could get hit by the shrapnel right it feels more dangerous and chaotic and yeah and it's believable as well. Mm, and mm. you see that in the race, I think. You see that and you feel that in the race. And you see, like, or, or you hear the sound effects of, like, the engines kind of doing uh, working overtime or stop, like, they don't work, like, something's fallen mm. out. You, like, again, the sound design is it's off the scale. It, and there are, there are sounds in the, in the pod race that I would recreate, recreate like while I was just racing my bike as a kid in the late nineties and early two thousands because of how unique they were. And again, that's something to take away. Like, so you've got again these like kind of real world physics, these real world principles being applied like heavy, heavy into pod racing. The F one car um, analogy equivalency is it's spot on. 
it's spawn. And again, it's showing where that kind of love that George has for motor racing and for cars in general. You know, he's always talking about that. It's that again. And I think that's just quality. Yeah, it's bad. It's, it's so good, man. Oh, it's so good. Um, another thing, like practical effects, you know, we're talking about like the real world. When the camera zooms out, and you you know, in the um the Bunta Eve. That we've not we've gone the whole episode, we've not even said what it's called, <laughs> this event. <laughs> The Bunta Eve. The Bunta Eve, yeah. Uh, when you see the, you know, like the arena, it's a practical model, right? This guy called Michael Lynch created it. And he said the people, okay, so when you're looking at this arena and they're all cheering, the people are all tiny Q-tips painted and inserted into mesh. By blowing fans underneath the crowd it appears to move around. They appear to move around in their seats. And Michael <laughs> used about 450,000 Q-tips. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that, that's, that, that uh, arena is absolutely filled out, isn't it? So It's amazing because then you've <laughs> yeah, got that. His, his wife must have had the right hump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like you, when, when, you, when you think about it, when you think about it, it's like, and then, and then you cut to... The, the people in the crowd, like what you've said with Watto, Watto, little, little Annie, and like Warwick Davis, you've got all these aliens. Who, the, I, I, the standout for me is this guy who's just putting his arms out. I'm not sure if he's doing a thumbs up or a thumbs down, but he's like, there's this alien who's like, and <laughs> going down. <laughs> but, you know... It's just, it works so well. And that was something that I never knew until like the last few years. Like I could have gone my whole life thinking, wow, that's some really good pr- like CGI that, and that's it. But it's like, no, it's a, it's a model. It's a practical effect. Um, yeah. Just a, again, it's another thought on the love. I think that seems to be a theme here. The love and TLC that goes into this scene. Mm-hmm. A lot of time was spent. Oh, and it, uh, it's only a nine minute bit as well is it nine minutes i think you said i think i think they said in the um documentary thing they said um it was only going to be for like a nine minute section obviously it's longer with the beginning and the ending part of it but the actual race itself so the funny thing is is what you say about time right so four hundred and fifty thousand q-tips if it only took you one second to paint each one that's 125 hours that's a crazy statistic dang i like it I don't, we don't really do those. It only took a second each. <laughs> right. We don't even do those. We, we don't do those kind of factoids here on sessions. What's going on? Glover's bring, bringing the proper filth, mate. Um, no, that's really impressive. Again, like it's, it's just that love that went into this film. You know, it, it's so abundantly clear. It's so abundantly clear. And I think that kind of leads us to the climax of the race, you know, Anakin finally beating Sebulba, that that Porsche engine beating that Ferrari engine. How do you guys feel about how the race went down? You know, because Anakin started like he he was obviously delayed at the start, right? Unfairly. Mm. How do you think the actual race goes down? Is it what what's that like for you guys? So, go on, Callum. I was just going to say it feels kind of poetic because it's all it's kind of like a cheaters never prosper kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's he, exactly what he, I was going to say. Because he because he tries to fully sabotage Anakin, 
and he gets done over at the end. <laughs> he put he puts him on the back foot and he ends up losing in a really horrible way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's perfect. That, that, that's, sorry, mate. No, go on, Gloves. Go on. Go on no, gloves. that's exactly the point I was going to say as well. Going back to the whole storytelling thing, the story within the story, the conflict was there straight away. Anakin couldn't get started. And then, you know, you've got everything that goes throughout a normal story. You've got your free act structure. And then your moral of your story or the message, cheats never prosper. It's perfect. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's, again, it's good versus evil, which is ultimately, you know, one of the main themes of star wars this guy who cheats this guy who has an advantage this guy who's just not very nice you know earlier on in the film we see that you know he's a bit of a mug and ultimately he gets nowhere and he's just he he's just a bit of poodoo do you know what i mean that's it that's how it ends but i think for me anyway the whole point of this scene is that this slave human boy wins an unlikely race right despite his uh hindrance from the start being unfairly behind from the start and again this whole scene i think someone mentioned earlier there's like no dialogue and yet you're cheering for this kid you know you're you're going yeah this kid needs to win and and he eventually gets there and he wins but in gaining his freedom, he's starting his new life, his destiny, as we know, because the prophecy of the chosen one. Again, that's a topic for another time. But he inevitably ends up saying goodbye to his mother because he's freed from being a slave. And arguably, from a certain point of view, I think this is where kind of the core theme of family in Star Wars really begins to kick in in Phantom Menace. It takes its time. But that's where that really kicks into overdrive. Anakin winning the pod race. This is now the catalyst for his freedom. This then takes him to Coruscant. He meets the Jedi and his, he's taken away from his mother. And then moments later, his, his only father figure that he's only known for a wee bit, the dude that come and freed him, is murdered as well. Yeah. So it, And so begins the tragedy, right? It's... Really, this pod race is where it kind of all begins. So you've got the Phantom Menace, which is the beginning anyway, but the pod race is like that's the that's the real catalyst here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely serves. It definitely serves to elevate Anakin as well. Yeah, just the fact that he can pull that off. If you remove that scene from the overall story, how does how do you stitch it together before and after that? Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, you can't really. And again, no, like placed. It, it it is it's so important what could be seen as just like a race just a bit of a laugh like you know a flex on sound effects which it all is it is all those things it is so much more than that and it carries so much more weight and like you said as well uh i think it was callum like it's yeah. also displaying his natural talent this yeah. kid he he's special you know a lot of people say oh you know he should have been maybe a bit older but you know, I, 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 that's probably a conversation for another time. Yeah, but and as as Josh said as well about stitching it together, it's definitely a it's a believable way of Anakin winning his freedom rather than just sort of having to come up with a reason why, kind of like awkwardly, it's a yeah. point A to point B, and you're having to see exactly how he wins his freedom and how much how how much 
effort it takes and it almost makes you it gives you that appreciation for when he does win his freedom yeah and he, and he had to, to carry on and he had to earn it it wasn't mm. given to him he really yeah. had to earn yeah. it against once again against all odds and it still unfortunately doesn't work out for him right at the start and that's where our story kind of begins i suppose it doesn't work out for Heimlich either, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> or Gus. Or Gus. <laughs> it doesn't work out for poor old Gus. He becomes a butterfly at the end, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, no matter how many times I see the pod race, and I've seen it a hundred times now, it is still so amazing. It is... Very, very cool. I can't do it, Mom. I just can't do it. Any. see you again what does it hard to tell you I hope so yes I guess then we'll see each other again I will come back and free you mom I promise Be brave and don't look back. Don't look back. This is Guy Henry, known for playing Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Yes, that is right. It's been a filth fest, but as we do every week, we're going to head to the Budabut Bantino, who wants to open the door this week for us. Josh, uh, <laughs> after you. This is usually where I go, oh, let's have it. Uh, I don't know if oh, anyone... Let's have it. Uh. <laughs> thank, let's thank go, you. go on. Let's have it. Uh. Uh, let's, uh, let's crack open some Kef beers. I was, uh, no, I was muted, beers. weren't I? <laughs> oh, you're muted. What's going on, mate? Come on. I was getting Ricky. into that audio clip, mate. That was it. I was just, I was away. Yeah, well, this is what happens, mate. This is what Are happens. Are you an angel? <laughs> <laughs> Are you an angel? What? An angel? You're a funny little boy. Have you seen that video on YouTube where the there's there's like a clip where everyone ignores Anakin at the dinner table? It is it is like gold. It is Star uh, Wars YouTube gold. I will oh, send you it need to you. Send later. me it. Yeah, yeah. That's like when people pretend their kids are invisible, isn't it? And they like, freak <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, it is the it's the it is the best. It is like yeah, peak. <laughs> 
editing, peak YouTube, just full stop. Right, okay, we're getting, look, this is what happened. Matty Boy's not here, we're getting distracted. This is what happened. Let's go. Uh, we, we sit down with the greatest listeners in the galaxy and have a few covers while getting your thoughts on our main discussion. And obviously this week we ask you sickheads about the pod racing scene in Phantom Menace. And we ran some polls on social media. On Instagram, 93% of you guys said they liked the pod racing scene leaving only seven percent saying they didn't that's i i thought it'd be a bit more mixed than that twitter was again mostly favorable uh 84 said they liked it 16 said they they didn't um i mean i think that's kind of fair and to be expected what do you reckon i love the difference in statistics every time as well between instagram and twitter mate Glover, listen, Twitter and Instagram, different people, man. Two different planets. Like, it really Mm. is just two different people. You know, literally five minutes of scrolling on both of those platforms, you're like, yeah, this is completely, it's completely different. (laughs) Especially in Star Wars and the real world too. But we got some other comments across social media. In fact, on Twitter, like some of our posts sometimes just go crazy so we literally got over a hundred comments on this but um we picked up some good ones so over to you cowbag what did people have to say luke tobias says one of the highlights uh watched it over and over again on vhs back in the day now share it with my son in glorious hd Mm. nate uh nate hancock says i love that scene it's fun and still looks great today. Yeah. The Cautious Jedi on Twitter said it was 10 out of 10. Oh. Uh, Ashley Cooper said, loved it and loved the pod race video game. And Daniel Price sent us this spicy voicemail. To me, the pod racing scene is pure Lucas. It's fast, exciting, looks and sounds amazing. No matter your view on the film as a whole, or the prequels, um, to many that is a sequence that even now will come to the mind of many fans when talking about their favourite moments in all the films, especially in the prequels themselves. Yeah, fantastic. So we again, we've got mostly positive messages there, and I think even on Instagram, Twitter, wherever we posted this stuff, there was a lot of praise and a lot of love for this scene. What's interesting is I wonder if we did the same thing like 15 years ago, if it'd be the, if it'd be like the same reaction. I don't think it would. Do you, Glover? No, no. I, it's hard to say. It is really hard to say. It, yeah. I it'd think, be interesting to know. I think the internet obviously like amplifies stuff, but I think as some things age, I think people get a bit kinder to it maybe nostalgia and as well nostalgia, nostalgia. Change, it colors nostalgia. your it colors your um your thoughts on things doesn't it yeah after a mm, while mm. i think and that's not always a bad thing either because you know we like real life stuff affects nostalgia so you know you might you know like certain smells take you back to a certain time you know you can't help that you're kind of hardwired to think that and that's not that's not a bad thing that's just an observation it's how it is and well, you so, associate it with good stuff don't you and that's the yeah. thing no exactly. it's a bad smell good 
You're like, well, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> depends, Glover. All depends that's on not the nostalgia. That's, P- that's PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the smell of the smell, the smell of burning and garbage. Yeah, we <laughs> over the days. Speak back to our childhood. Uh, yes. Right. Okay. So we mostly got positive responses, but not everyone shared the same view, did they? Gloves? No, they didn't. Eve Evangel says, "Much too long. I felt I felt that way the first time in the cinema, and I still feel that way every time I rewatch it." It seems to be a fan favourite, but for me, it's the weakest part of the Phantom Menace. Mm. Postcards from Galaxy's Edge said, It's a bit long, but the sound design is top-notch. And Albert Arrows says, The only thing in this movie that I think is great is the lightsaber battle at the end. Everything else is flat. Ooh, coming out. Ooh, strong out. fighting words there. Yeah. <laughs> Albert taking main. talk. <laughs> oh, mate. Mate. No, but, but that's the thing is that this film isn't for everyone. But it's it's no, certainly not. one thing I did notice is that the people that didn't like this scene were saying it's way too long. And again, rewatching it, I mean, I love it, but it's like it is a longer scene. So if you're not enjoying this, if you're not invested in it, I think yeah, man, it, that's a huge chunk of this film. It's literally just this racing. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It's only nine minutes. Yeah. Nine minutes. Nine it's minutes. only nine minutes. Wow. Nine minutes in a film. That's a that's that's a big chunk of time, especially if you're not going to like other places, seeing other characters. And if you're in, not enjoying it, I suppose it's a hell of a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But hey, listen, I love it, and we welcome all opinions. Uh, final little one from me because I had to. I, I just saw this. I was like, yeah, yeah. I just had to read it out it came from Trey 1172 on Twitter where he said I can't think over the sound of Sebulba's Podracer he literally wrote chong 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 and I was like mate yes yes it's sick it's just it's such me too I adore I adore that so I suppose that wraps up this part of the Bantina. Bantina. This is madness. It's the best podcast you've ever heard. Star Wars Sessions on the mic is quite absurd. Got a Patreon now with lots of tears. From $2 a month is all it is. Best podcast. Hello there. Best podcast. Best podcast. Roger, roger. Podcast. That's right, people. From as little as two dollars a month for less than a cup of coffee at a coffee shop, you can listen to amazing content, extra shows from both Matt and I, and a cheeky podcasts. Honestly, this is the deal of the century. Nice, spicy, tidy. Patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. It's the best podcast you've ever heard. Star Wars Sessions on the mic is quite absurd. Got a Patreon now with lots of tears. From $2 a month is all it is. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast. Podcast. That's right. So it is the spiciest, spiciest podcast.
part of the Bidabut Bantina is the Patreon questions section. Um, I'm going to be answering these. And also, Matt, um, Matt if, well, no, Matt's not here. Callum, <laughs> see, yeah. I'm, I'm, bear in mind, guys, I'm still, I'm, I'm on the med still. So, and still we're, getting loopy. The, we're, we're getting to the point in the show where I'm going to be cracking open some pills. And, Matt, Matt's still here as a false ghost anyway. Yeah, you can hear him. Yeah. You can hear him in the background now, like English Rose. English, English Rose, Rose, mention her, please. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh. Um, you, you can hear him. You can hear him. Um, he's never seen Fast and Furious? Yeah, what are you talking about? No, what Matt are you talking hates, about? Matt, Matt's not a fan of the Fast and I Furious I can imagine he's not. I, I actually want to straighten this up. Neither I am I. I only not. like Tokyo Drift. <laughs> yeah. Tokyo Drift. Uh, Fast and Furious is certainly not um, the the best when it comes to storytelling. But no, it's not. It's not. It's terrible. No, but it's about family, Callum. It's, it's about so, family. Yeah. So right, Matthew yeah. Bell yeah. asks us this, lad. Sorry, another stupidly late and possibly stupid Patreon question from me. The galaxy far, far away seems to have all sorts of creatures that can be milked. <laughs> Which do you think would be the best cheese? <laughs> Blurgs. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Hogs. Hogs, 100%. Right, okay, so what? We're, that's it. We're straight into it. Blurgs, hogs. Right, I've already next. thought about this. <laughs> Back to milk, right. 100%. Come on. Right, okay. Come on. Uh, who said blur? Glover, you said blur. Why a blurg? Why not, mate? <laughs> How would you do that? How? Because. Do they stand up and get milked, or do you like flip them on their side? No, what you need, milk? you just what you need, you need, you need a two-liter metal bucket <laughs> and an ugnot, and you're, you're sorted. An ug? What the hell is an ugnot? Uh, quill, quill oh, is an Oh come on, <laughs> cowbag. Ugnot. Uh, little baby ugnots. Yeah, well, ugnot. Yeah, it might be. So the you know quill. You know quill in Mandalorian. I have spoken. Oh and, yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. also the little assistant. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking. They're also the milken. <laughs> oh, is he mil- that the he milks them on the daily, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Is that the yeah. German again? You had a little German friend, didn't you, in Spain as well, Glover? I did. Oh, Christoph. Yeah, we spoke about him on the Patreon show as well. We did. And he's, uh, he's getting some. Uh, he's getting some airtime. Christoph. Wh- Christoph. <laughs> Christoph. Do you think he likes the Mandalorian? Well, how would he milk a blurg? Uh, probably with his feet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, why would you say that, sir? <laughs> what would you lead you to that conclusion? He didn't have hands, Callum. Oh. oh, oh, oh. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh. I just made that up. Oh, okay. I was just I'm trying to do a bit of improv. I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> no, I like it, mate. He I lost like his it. hands, Callum. Gosh. That's fine. Sensitive punch. That's fine. Okay, so, okay, the blurg. Uh, it, would it, uh, and you think it'd be good cheese? Cause I, know I you think like it'd be cheese. like mozzarella. I, I can imagine it being like a, a, like a kind of mozzarella sort of cheese, yeah? Um, um, and colour? It's got to be Does green, it? isn't it? Oh, colour. No, colour. White. White. Just like mozzarella. Just like oh, right. Mozzarella. Oh, right, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Callum, you mentioned a porg, a poor little porg eating milk. <laughs> it was um, more an inspiration of uh, James normally saying to me to milk my cat. So, 
because I've got a kitten recently and the first thing he told me to do was to milk it so so we're out in my right I'm gonna have to yeah. I'm gonna have to explain this we had okay this puts me in a bit of a predicament I'm not editing this out yeah. we had a joke we kind of had a joke well no we didn't my dad had a joke my dad was a really eccentric person right and um, as a joke, he would say, oh, yeah, we're going to milk, like, our family cat. As a joke. Like, you know, it, it, from the film, Meet the Fockers and Meet the yeah, Parents. Yeah. Like yeah. that. It's from that. But, like, my dad just took the... Like, Ben Stiller goes, yeah, you know, you get this cat and you just milk it, you know. Like, and my dad would like, oh, Purdy, you know, we're going to milk... That was the family cat name. And it's just kind of grown from there. And we've not forgotten it. And, you know, so what because our cat does it died so you know james and my james and i kind of deal with that by carrying on that legacy that story so yeah so now i can now do it to apollo to carry on purdy's memory and like and like with anything you know (laughs) i suppose yeah it's you just have to be careful mate and you have to be careful of how one goes about milking a cat and milking little baby Apollo. It all comes yeah, down I'm to sure the. He's uh, not going to enjoy it. It comes <laughs> down to might. the execution, I suppose. Really. <laughs> there we go. So, oh, if you thought this show was going to go off the rails because Matt's not here, then don't You're worry. Right. You're definitely right. <laughs> right. On to the next question. <laughs> Luke Summerfield. Luke Summerfield. <laughs> asks hey you absolute chiefs of spice why do you think the force likes to reconnect family and friends and remember hashtag palpatine loves a good cheeky force friday um why do oh but oh, i didn't answer matthew's question no we just we just went straight into milking uh, aliens right um i'll quickly answer one um making mozzarella out of it you know minoc it'll be a minoc yeah, milk one of those bad boys. Uh, what sort of cheese? It'd be like Baby Bell, but it would be like um, it'd be blue, and you can cook really, really good uh, scrambled eggs with it or something. Some, some straightforward. Um, do you know what? Forget it. Just my answer was the cat story. Forget it. Yeah, that's buddy. my. There that is. was my story. That was my contribution, Mafia. Right. Anyway, sorry about that. Back to Lukey Boy's question. Hey, you absolute chiefs of spice. Yeah. Uh, why do you think the Force likes to reconnect family and friends? Glover, have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah. I. I th- well, why do I think it likes to? I just think that's. I think that's the effect it has because it. it, it it's generational, ain't it? It covers generations. You know, yeah. I, I grew up with it. my my pair. Well, my dad had seen the originals, and I grew up when the prequels came out. And you know, it just goes on, doesn't it? It transcends every generation. I think that has a big part to play in it. Oh, so you're talking about you're talking about literally in real life? Yeah. Well, did I oh, misunderstand that? Je- we've got an actual Jedi here. Oh, mate! No, oh. that is wonderful. We're, okay, so we've got we've got that answer. I think the Force. I think what Lukey Boy is talking and referring to here is like um, family and friends. So you've got like Raylo, the Raylo connection, um, mm. family. I, I think at the end of the day, Lukey Boy, we're, we're looking at Star Wars at the perspective of mostly the Skywalker saga and that era. And as I always like to bang the drum on and 
gutter like flipping I don't shut up about it Star Wars is about family that is the core theme of this mythology so the force is central to that so it, it's almost inevitable that these people are going to come together you know like Leia Luke Vader it's a soap opera it was written like that and spiritually speaking this family is at the middle of that and I think one of the things you know I always say Rise of Skywalker is not my favourite uh, Star Wars film but by the end of that you know the Skywalkers have the blood of the Skywalkers have, has kind of come and gone because if we look back at Phantom Menace the family was because of an unnatural birth they were given to the galaxy and by the end of Rise of Skywalker they're taken away from the galaxy because they're not needed anymore right their, their, their purpose has been fulfilled and that is the force right so the force has given us this family everything's all hunky-dory and you could argue the skywalkers kind of live on in ray because of the dyad because of ben solo um so on and so forth i think again that's a different that's another look at that callum uh have you got any deep inspirational stuff to 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 answer lukey boy summerfield from wales yeah, I suppose uh, I would say more for the family aspect. I suppose it's almost like where did it's definitely passed down in sort of a bloodline kind of thing. So I would imagine, even though so like Ray, Ray and Palpatine are connected through the Force, even though she doesn't want to be, but she's related to him, and that's where she obviously she didn't get her abilities through the Skywalker bloodline. She got it through the Palpatine bloodline. So no matter what she was going to do, she was always going to come together with family, like whether or not it was going right. to be a positive or a negative thing. So I think it's it comes down to sort of your lineage or your heritage, um, and yeah, it, that, and it's it's almost used as a the reason for it, is so it can be used as a vehicle to to push forward that family theme, as you've been saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I suppose with friends, yeah, emotional connections, I guess. Yeah. Any Anything you can make a connection with, that's what... Because the force flows through things and thing, and stuff like that. So it's meant to... So it would flow through connections in whether or not that's bloodline or if that's an emotional connection. Mate, these some uh, good answers, man. I definitely misunderstood that question. Okay. 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 Oh, your you one was you one was lovely, Josh. Uh, yeah. Going, going answer, back to Monty Python references, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, mate. So I I think there's some good answers here for the Patreon section. What do you think, boys? Did you enjoy that? Was that good? Yeah, yeah it's brilliant. Yeah, it was a load of fun. Yeah, load so of fun. I suppose, well, lads, that only means one thing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to hit it. I know this yeah, isn't go, what we usually go. do, but, you know, let's get hyped. Let's get hyped. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Star Wars Sessions game. Um.
yeah, that's right. It's the Star Wars Sessions game. Usually, Matty Boy and I take turns on hosting this bad boy game at the end of every show. Uh, but I'm obviously covering again this week. But I ain't doing anything, mate. I'm doing. I ain't doing anything. Uh, it is down to our guests. Cowbag, glove stick. Are you ready? For the good, 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 good game, yeah, good, good, good games, yeah, yeah. let's go. I think so. All right, okay. So I texted you both earlier, mm. and neither of you know what I texted you. I texted you both two characters from Star Wars: The Phantom Menace, yes. right? Okay, yes, that's and you right. got those. Yeah, yep. you both got those. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's a really easy one. We're gonna guess. You, you guys are going to do impressions okay. of these characters. You have to guess <laughs> okay. each other's. And I am also going to throw in a rating out of 10 to see how good they are. So hopefully, A, you remember who these guys are. Uh, and B, hopefully they're not like too bad or slash offensive. So with that let's play the music and get involved um who wants to go first callum or glover uh do you want to go first glover yeah yeah uh, well I, I, I can't really think of their voices to be fair but I'll, i'm i'm gonna i've pulled just, up some I quotes gonna, i was actually just gonna pull up uh, a, a youtube video just to play in my headphones it's not gonna play on on the it podcast, won't play it? it won't play no Okay, cool. I just wanted to get a sort of uh, an impression kind of. I've got one in my head of what I'm going to use, but then okay. the other one I, I'm trying to think. So okay, yeah, Kevin. So while I steal your idea of doing that, do you want to go first? <laughs> all right, fine. All right, uh, I'll give I'll give you no time because one of them is really easy. Go all right, on. it's the King of Naboo, isn't it? It's the yeah, that's it. That's it it. Is. <laughs> it. Do you do you remember the name Glover? <sighs> No, I don't, and I don't want to cheat. I, I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, mate! I can picture you know his face, and he shakes I'll, his ears, and all that. I'll give you a point. I don't know how this. I don't know how the point system is going to work here, but let's see. I'll give you a point for King of Naboo. I'll drop a point, or I won't give you an extra point because his name is Boss Nass. Boss Nass. And, that's it. And the impression cowbag, mate. Yeah, that was, that was pretty spot on, mate. I can't I feel even. Like, I feel you. like you gave me that one on purpose because you knew you knew that's what I'd do. <laughs> I, I'm going to give you an eight out of ten. Oh, that. thank you. I think that's really good. So we're going to go over to you, Cowbag. Your first impression, please. To me, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I had, no. I had YouTube no, playing ca- in my ears. No, Callum, your mum. <laughs> <laughs> We okay, do a lot so of Cal- we do a lot of Callum's mum jokes yes, actually in our do, circle, think, don't we? Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> um, I was actually just listening to a YouTube video of one of my other characters who shall not be named yet. Okay. Um, I just wanted to hear some. Have I got to do both of mine? Oh, hang or? on, no, it's Glover's it's turn, isn't it? it? Yeah, I was going to say, give me some problem with time. It, yeah. There I am. There I am, acting <laughs> cocky, doing a mum joke. And- yeah. Look, listen. Eggs on, eggs on your face now, eh? Eggs on my face. Look, um, do you know what? It's that time of the flipping evening anyway. I'm going to pop some pills. Go on, Glover. Save us from this insanity, mate. What's your first one? Okay, let's... Uh... You're bent for fodder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Is it, me? Is it me guessing, yeah? 
Yeah, hopefully not me because I know the answer. <laughs> All right, Sebulba. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, Sebulba. No, yeah, Do you know so, what? I yeah, well done. I, I wasn't. I I wouldn't have thought you'd got that. That's really oh, good. All right, cool. <laughs> I did watch the scene again. Yeah, oh yeah, well yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh... yeah, I did have some preparation before. I know. I know. I'm very chill, but I did prep for this episode. Albeit Callum... you, you don't think I did because somehow it... it's gone so far. If you don't know, Callum is one of the most chilled people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Callum broke my sofa, um, and he did was I? like. Hang up, Callum. Come on, hang on. Wait. Did a I? Mm. No. Well, my old sofa. My old yeah. sofa. Callum yeah. sits like. Imagine a guy who's so chilled out. He kind of sprawls a little bit, and he's comfortable. He's happy. Callum always wears kind of a half smile on his face, and he had his arms out. This dude, and but Callum, you're a big guy, right? Like I'm we're the same. I think we're like the same height, and you're. But you are built bigger than i am just like naturally he's a bit he's a bit like a uh, yeah, he's a swolo he's a ben swolo boy ben swolo yeah i'm wide and my boy do you don't remember this the sofa just went i actually don't uh, i think what? i just i think i just like cut that memory and out Callum was like oh i think something snapped on your sofa i was like i think it did mate it was only a cheap like so it, it was a like sofa we got on ebay like a, like a crazy it. Yes, Callum broke it, and he was I like, "I think I'm about 15 stone. I'm not. I'm not like overweight. No, I, I, I'm within. I'm healthy weight for my poor height. cowbag. Poor cowbag's gonna be like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Made to sound like I'm chunky. <laughs> and even if you were Callum, we'd still all adore you. Oh, mate. I know. So more you wanna... more of me to love, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, right. Again, gone off on one. Uh, whose turn is it now? It's Callum's turn now, right? Mate? Okay. Uh, Boy, so, sofa break, Callum. Yeah. Let me just. Let me just. Let me just. Let me just. Yes, of course. Can you? Do, do you? What? Do you know who that is yet? As you know, our blockade is. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a viceroy right now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know his name either. Okay, what? half that. What was the first one? Hang on, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally re- I'm actually just imitating it as I'm watching it. Oh, uh, you're a funny little Distract- boy. Distract them. I will contact Lord Siddits. <laughs> That's a bit better. The first one could have been generic human. <laughs> I just thought it was conversational. Okay, so you've got a Viceroy so far. Yeah. Listen, well, I've got uh, both of them. I've got King of M- Naboo and Viceroy. I just don't know their uh, names. Uh, okay. Well, I'll give you one of those. Glover, what did you, what was your last impression again? Um, my last one was Sebulba. Sebulba, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'm going to give you a 7 out of 10, by the way, for that. That was a good effort. Oh, thanks. Um, not quite the 8, though, but this, I'll give you the strong 7 because I didn't mark that because we're all over the place here. I decided <laughs> to tell the story about Callum breaking my sofa, but that's fine. Everything's fine. We're <laughs> yeah, all, you we're threw me off my gamer, man. <laughs> um, right, and now what? So, um, so he said Viceroy. He hasn't yeah. got the entire the entire spiel. Yeah. At least not word for word what you sent me. Yeah. Because um, obviously there's two of them, <laughs> so you need to like specify which one. The one with the blue face. They both have blue faces. <laughs> <Josh>. <laughs> which it one? Is... Do you the one remember on the, lift? 
is it the is it the what, what yeah because there's two there's two oh, he's wearing um, just, just google it go 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 he's got a silly hat on he's got the hat on they both have silly hats. <laughs> Google it. You're telling him to Google it. Newt Gunray, mate. It's Newt Gunray. That's it. Newt Gunray. Yeah. Was that, was that off the yeah, top of right. your head? No, it wasn't. It was off the top of Google, man. It was bugging me. I had to do it. I love Newt Gunray. There yeah. it is. I'm not even going to grade you lot. You lot are filth. <laughs> you lot are filth. But it was fun. <laughs> And that's this week's Star Wars Sessions game. Game, 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 game. game, game, game. I didn't do my second impression, man. Oh, yeah. I've still got one in the chamber, yeah. I tell Matty Boy, I'm like, look, by the end of the show, mate, I I need some stabilising because I'm starting to struggle. I'm, my mind's starting to go a bit crazy, these meds. So... Glover, you're keeping us on track. Do your second impression, mate. Go on. Yeah, you're a funny little boy. You said that earlier, oh. didn't you? You slipped that in. Yeah, yeah, you're I did. A funny yeah. Little boy. Uh, is that is that Padme? Yeah. Yeah. I missed the part where Padme was born in uh, South Essex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're a funny little boy, aren't you? You're a funny, funny little boy. Fella. You're a fella. Fella. All right, fella. Oi, oi. Oi. Oi, mate. All right. Well, that's I, the I was, real. I was hoping. I was hoping one of us was going to have Obi Wan Kenobi and just going, oh, oh, uh, why do I feel like we've picked up another pathetic life form? Well, there we go. <laughs> you've you've just had that in so Obi Wan Kenobi. There you go. I get extra oh, points. Oh. Bonus points. <laughs> yeah. Bonus round. Someone do an impression of uh, Droidica. Right. I suppose that's it for this episode of Star Wars Sessions, but the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master? Um. Skywalker, hang on. I, I feel like I was meant to read that. that bit. All right, go on. You do it. You do it then. <laughs> you don't. I'll well, do my. That bit is it then. for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. But the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. <laughs> Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? You can find us at StarWarsSessions.co.uk. <laughs> find us on Twitter. <laughs> Find us on Twitter at Star Wars Sessions, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Just search for Star Wars Sessions. We will be there. If you fancy dropping us a voice note or a message, send it to our email address. Hello there at StarWarsSessions.co.uk. And I think it's... Jo- Josh? Um, we're I mean, on Anchor. Can, well, what? Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. Do, I can do it or you can do it. Go on, new glove. Go on, Josh. We're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast. And if you love our show, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice and head over to podchaser.com. It's the IMDB for podcasts, and it's awesome. So drop us a review over there too. It helps us more than you know. And don't forget about those Apple (laughs) Podcast reviews, guys. Get those in. They help the show more than you know. Please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell Callum's mum, tell Callum's, uh, oh, well, tell, <laughs> tell, your cats. tell your cats, tell, tell your Apollo cat. while you're milking him, tell your cat, tell your Ewok, tell Rick McCallum, tell your cousin, the more the merrier, 
the castle spicier this is the podcast you're looking for so until next time for me see ya and from luke may the force be with you always and from glover bye yeah oh yeah 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 there we go. I think that could have been a lot. That could have gone. <laughs> we we miss you, Matt. We miss you. We love you. Get well miss soon, you, Matt. Get well, Matt. Get well soon. Yo, that's a country club.